0: Welcome back to A Voice in the Distance Ministries. It's been a little while, but we're back, and we're in Leviticus chapter 22. You know, it's been a little while since I've been able to record a message due to a move that I had to make. And so, whenever there's a move, there's busyness, and there's uh, equipment and stuff like that that needs to be uh, rehooked and <laughs> reestablished, and even found. And so. Thank God for, again, for, for the time that I had to uh, be able to do all of this, and as well as we're also in the holiday seasons as well, which also makes it very busy. But again, God comes first. And, and the beauty of Leviticus is showing us exactly that, that, that God was to come first. You know, we we look at the book of Leviticus and we, we shun from it because of its nature of things that, that don't pertain to us anymore. But, again, the book of Leviticus was a book regarding holiness. It was regarding closeness to God. And so we want to look at this with care and concern. And, and again, I make that known all the time because of the lack of care and concern in, in certain books of the Bible. And, and so... Um, God required holiness. Now there are certain things, there were shadows of things and things that we do not practice or deal with today, but God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so we want to look at the things of God in all things. And, and again, my pleasure and my honor to be a part of that, because again, you know, within time over the years, I've developed such a passion for God and his word that I wanted to look at everything. Everything about him, everything that he had to say was was of equal importance. And so when you look at the whole Bible from beginning to end, you know, you, you're able to put the pieces together just a little more. We have such a misconception of God. People have had such a misconception of God because of the lack of, of understanding particular books, if you will. You know, we all have generated our own outlooks, you know, and that's a very dangerous thing. One of the most dangerous things that somebody could do is to label God in their labeling. Nobody wants to be labeled by other people, so how much more so, uh, God, right? Why would, why would he want to be labeled by anybody of their liking? And so, God really revealed a lot here in this book. And we're in chapter 22, we're almost getting done here, uh, with, with the book of Leviticus pretty soon. So again, I I encourage to hear the whole thing, you know, and and, and that we would get to see and hear more of God, and, and what it is that He would want us to be. Even in today's day and age, we thank Him that, you know, for the for the Old Testament, we thank Him even more so for the New Testament that we do not longer have to, you know, to do the certain things that needed to be done. And so He gave us He gave us another way. So. You know, but we look at these things with interest, because again, this is our father here that that, that spoke and, 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 and the things that he wanted done and why and how and and, and so on and so forth so we 're going to go ahead and take a look we 're going to take a look here at the continuation right and on more so in this case, it would be like the instructions of, of like a series for the priest we 're looking at the things of the, what the priest needed to do and, and, and their outlook when you go to a church, you know. I mean, a lot of people have a lot of people have opinions about their their leaders and their pastors and what they think that they should be doing or what they want to see out of their leadership. What does God want to see is what's most important. Every leader should be on the same page, and that same page is the Word of God from the pages of the Word of God. So we want to look at that. That's what we're looking at here okay and it's not a matter of ritual it's not a matter of ceremonial stuff it's a matter strictly of holiness obedience purity love all of the things that god required we want to observe so that's what we're here to do let's take a let's take a look here and starting off if you have a bible we're in leviticus 22 1 through 3 i'll start us off it says then the lord spoke to moses saying speak to aaron and his sons that they separate themselves from the holy things to the children of israel and that they do not profane my holy name by what they dedicate to me. I am the Lord. Say to them, whoever, all of your descendants throughout your generations, who goes near the holy things with, uh, which the children of Israel dedicate to the Lord, while he has uncleanness, uncleanness upon him, that person shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. Now, depending on your Bible, the Lord, the word Lord is capitalized in every, in every letter. L-O-R-D, capitalized. Because of the importance of his name. Now, again, I said before, you know, that the old covenant was a thing of the past. But again, the word covenant here is a very important thing. You know, we we um, we, we look at it with such uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me, uh, of such lackness, if you will, a lacking of care, and 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 so. We want to make sure that we, when we look at the word covenant, it is a very serious thing. Now, in this case, if, if a priest was to – they touched something or ate something, they weren't necessarily cut off. They were what was called ceremonially unclean, which, was, which gave them an allowance to, to get cleaned up again ceremonially to perform their duties once again. Perfection does not exist in humans. So this, again, was the blueprint of what to do or what not to do. God knew that things were going to happen, but he gave us a way to, a, a thing to look for, if you will. You know, we have labels on poison, we have labels on food, you know, of, of what's in there. And there's warnings on these labels, and that's what God's doing. He's giving us a label of warning. He's giving them a label of warning. Check out uh, verses 4-9, it says, Now whatever man of the descendants of Aaron... Who is a leper or has a discharge shall not eat the holy offerings until he is clean. And whoever touches anything made unclean by a corpse. Or a man who has had an emission of semen or whoever touches any creeping thing by which he would be made unclean, or any person by whom he would become unclean, whatever his uncleanness may be, the person who has touched any any such thing shall be unclean until evening." And shall not eat the holy offerings unless he washes his body with water. And when the sun goes down, he shall be clean. And afterward he may eat the holy offerings because it is his food. So whatever dies naturally or is torn by beasts, he shall not eat to defile himself with it. I am the Lord. They shall therefore keep my ordinance, lest they bear sin for it and die thereby. If they profane it, I the Lord sanctify them. So... Again, I said before, these violations does not ruin the priesthood. It just makes them ceremonial unclean for the day or the evening, if you will. You know, because God said, now when the sun goes down, he shall be clean. Why Why the sun going down? Because, see, the Jews, their starting day was different than ours. We start our day at sunrise. They technically start theirs at sundown. When you look at the Sabbath, okay, um... The Sabbath originally was basically from Saturday to, to, to Sunday sun up, and, and so that that is technically when when it starts for them. Okay, and so that was that was per design of God here in the Old Testament, and, and so God's mercies is is shown every day. You know, I've heard many, many cases about the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament. He's the same God, okay? He gave them the He gave them the ability to repent. He gave them the the, the things to do if they uh, if they fell. And so we look at these things and we think to ourselves that well, well, what do we do? Or what did they do? Yeah, they did things a little differently. See, again, you got to remember they they came from Egypt and and now Egypt had their own form of priests yet they were pagan but if you've ever studied any form of Egyptian history or uh, Egyptology as some people like to uh, focus on you know the, their priests if you will were basically more so political more than anything and uh, there, there wasn't there wasn't anything very uh, religious like, if you will, or even from you know there was uh, their pagan outlooks, but there was a lot of politics involved in Egyptian priests, and um, with politics comes power, and, and so with God it, 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 with God it's not politics at all, really, if you think about it, but it, it's 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 strictly holiness you know it's strictly holiness and again the the ability and the way out to repent has been given and when you start to when you start to play with sin and stop caring about it you have been lured into a trap you know you you've been lured into a trap of not caring anymore like the form of an addiction if you will and so you know, we, we don't suffer from these things of, of touching certain things. Now, if you think about it, we wouldn't touch a lot of these things because now we're also looking at medical stuff here. We're not looking at just ceremonial uncleanliness. We're also looking at medical uncleanliness. You know, these are things that we want to look at knowing that God knows all things. I remember, what was it, back in uh, was it the 1800s when the Black Plague had struck England you know people were dying left and right and 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 the one person that had basically discovered what the problem was was a jewish doctor it, it was a jewish doctor that was in the area that saw the unsanitary conditions of the area the sewage running down the streets, if you will, and, 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 and the fact that, you know, as he said, you need to wash with water, with clean water. You know, they, that's why we have running water in our systems today. You cannot basically continue to wash from a bowl with the same water. Okay, now this was stuff that God had basically implemented thousands of years ago. It must be clean water, continual running water, because again, God created all of these things. He created our abilities to... Um, to basically to be healed, you know we we thank God for uh, for physicians, Amen. But you know we got to remember that God gave the ability. God is the the physician, God's the ultimate doctor. But he gave us the he gave us the medical advice. He gave us all of the things that we're reading here, and, and these are things that again that don't give credit to where credit is due. God it restores. God rebuilds. God, you know, um, forgives. He does all of these things and, and, and He, He did back then even. He wasn't this God of wrath as people say in the Old Testament. Right? But He gives you a new day. We have this saying that every day is a new day. And that is true because of God. Every day is a new day because of Him. He gives us the ability to make it new with Him. You, if, if you wake up every morning, then that is a gift. You might have heard me say this before because your lungs, here's some, another medical thing for you. Our lungs are what we call involuntary muscles, which means we don't have any control over those. We can't build our lungs. Like we can our biceps or our triceps or, you know, our legs or so on and so forth. We have the ability to build those, but our lungs are what we call involuntary muscles, which means if we wake up in the morning, you know, as we breathe while we sleep, it's because He allowed it to happen. And so, again, He is the author of life, He is the designer of mankind, and He is the one that basically allows us to wake up each morning. And as we wake up each morning, decisions are made. Are we going to continue on the same path? Or are we going to are we going to observe and obey? You know, observe first, obey next. That's why we have scripture. Because that it gave us the opportunity to observe what it is God was saying. Now you have the choice to obey or not, but you the consequences will be there if you choose not to. God again is a is a god of of invitation. He's a god of grace, love, and mercy. He's also a god that's just. He's a god that's wrathful. He's a god of everything holy. He is perfect. And so, read the whole Bible, right? Read the whole thing to get to know who God is and what He wants and doesn't want, and 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 look at the deep, you know, at the depth. Look at the big picture, if you will. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't pertain to me. Very common, I've heard that. It does pertain to you. Are you a follower of God? Are you a follower of Christ? It pertains to you. Hey, there's plenty in this book that if you're not of God or if you don't believe or follow in Christ, there is plenty that pertains to you too. This is the most universal book in mankind's history. And so we look at this, we want to look at this with with great care, with great concern, and, and again, with just... With thanks too. Thank you, Lord, for giving us something here to, to get to know you. Thank you, Lord, for for bringing things to our attention because you know He's looking out for us. You know, Adam and Eve fell in the garden, and that's where it started. Everything else from there snowballed into a into a rut. And so God said, "Well." I, I at least, you know, he doesn't know how to. I, I've always said it. God doesn't know how to 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 make a mess, he, but he sure knows how to clean it up. And so, we give him the glory. We thank God for for giving us the tools and the cleaning material, the cleaning material to cleanse ourselves with when when we fall. But we can't keep uh, we can't keep playing Russian roulette. We can't keep playing with holiness. We can't keep playing with God's will and and God's perfect ways because, again, there does come a time where God does say time is up. So let's take a look here and see what else the Lord has to say because, again, these are all the words of God. Moses did not come up with this on his own. Moses was out of the kingdom, of the Egyptian kingdom, traveling through the desert, Being instructed by God for the first time on what to do and what not to do. Moses could not have come up with this by himself because he was born and raised and dealt with the Egyptian kingdom for 40 years. So what we're seeing here is is, is Moses being the scribe, if you will. Moses was like the secretary that that was writing down all of the things that God was saying. Like the court reporter. Now, he says here in verse 10, let's check out uh, 10 through 16, it says, No outsider shall eat the holy offering. One who dwells with the priest or a hired servant shall not eat the holy thing. But if the priest buys a person with his money... He may eat it, and one who is born in his house may eat his food. If the priest's daughter is married to an outsider, she may not eat of the holy offerings, but if the priest's daughter is a widow or divorced and has no child and has returned to her father's house as in her youth, she may eat at her father's food, or she may eat her father's food but no outsider shall eat it. If a man eats the holy offering unintentionally, then he shall restore a holy offering to the priest. And add one fifth to it. They shall not profane the holy offerings to the children of Israel, which they offer to the Lord, or allow them to bear the guilt of trespass when they eat their holy offerings. For I, the Lord, sanctify them. Now, if the priest buys a person with his money, he may eat it. Now, this means that uh this means that like uh you know what we we would call a servant, if you will, a hired servant. Okay, they were not necessarily considered part of that household, so they 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 were not to eat the sacred offering right now, it shows that a slave was considered part of the priest 's household to an extent here, and they were entitled and so we look at this, and a lot of people look at things about uh uh, this kind of stuff about the Bible, saying, "Look at this. They had slaves. The, these were people that were that were servants, if you will, just like you and I. We're we're employees to somebody. If you think about it, right? We're all employed by somebody. So if if somebody was to work for you, you know, it, it, God had a special place for them as well. You know, everybody had their place." The priests had their place, the families had their place, the hired hands had their place. Now, if you were a priest, and, you know, it was, that was again due to a particular blessing of a place of your position. I, I, I think to myself, I, when I, when I hear people call me pastor, I kind of chuckle. I'm like, wow, that just sounds so funny, you know. And, um, because I'm just, I'm just, Rick, you know, to me, it's just, that's all I am. But, you know, God has put us and ordained us into certain areas. And with that ordination comes a particular holding of, 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 um, of a standard, if you will. Right? And, and so, we want to look at God's standard. You know, we are all of the household of God. You are a priest of of your household. You might not be you might not be a priest in the church or or a pastor or a leader, but you are considered the priest of your household. And so we want to make sure that we're that we're covering those in our household, watching over them. Check out uh, twenty two verse seventeen. I'm gonna I'm gonna read quite a bit here seventeen to thirty. So, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to Aaron and his sons and to the children of Israel and say to them, whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers in Israel who offers his sacrifice for any of his vows or for any of his freewill offerings, which they offer to the Lord as a burnt offering, you shall offer of your own free will a male without blemish from the cattle, from the sheep or from the goats. Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer for it. It shall not be acceptable on your behalf. And whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or a freewill offering from the cattle or the sheep, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. Those that are blind or broken or maimed or have an ulcer or eczema or scabs, you shall not offer to the Lord, nor make an offering by fire to them on the altar to the Lord. Either a bull or a lamb that has any limb too long or too, too short, you may not you may offer it as a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. You shall not offer to the Lord what is bruised or crushed or torn or cut, nor shall you make an offering of them in your land, nor from a foreigner's hand you shall um shall you offer any of these as the bread of your God because their corruption is in them, and defects are in them. It shall not be accepted on your behalf. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, When a bull or sheep or a goat is born, it shall be seven days with its mother, and from the eighth day and thereafter it shall be accepted as an offering made by fire to the Lord. Whether it is a cow or an ewe, an ew, do not eat or do not kill both her and her young on the same day. And when you offer sacrifice of thanksgiving to the Lord, offer it of your own free will, on the same day it shall be eaten." you shall leave none of it until morning i am the lord blemished and deformed now we're looking here here at like eastern culture you know whenever you invited somebody to your house it was customary to to, to give them the best that was just uh, that was just a cultural thing if you will and so that's what they did they offered the best to their guests right so when you think about it it was it was it was offensive to bring uh the garbage out to your guests um, now doing that to god how in the world could that be done right to god it should be even more important everything had to be that of perfection it had to be the firstborn male of a flock and what was typically done was is it was it was inspected by the priest it was completely inspected from head to, from top to bottom and, and if it were to be done in the form of a sacrifice, it had to have no blemish. Okay, and, and so, you know, we look at Christ Jesus. He was the firstborn of the male flock of his family. He was without blemish of any kind, completely Perfect. And so we see the foreshadowing, if you will, of, of, of the old sacrament, sacrificing and uh, testament of the sacrifices, to that of the new. We see how the bridge was built. For all those years, there had to be a sacrifice done for every time something was done, and and there was a thing that had to be um, that had to be looked at in the form of perfection. It got bad over the years. The people of Israel stop caring probably like we would nowadays and right towards the towards the end period of the old testament there was a a prophet by the name of malachi and malachi basically was was chosen to bring a harsh message to the priests because the priests were doing a lot of unholy things they were divorcing their wives and and going after younger women And they were allowing garbage sacrifices to be given to God. So the holiness and the things that God required were being casted out. And God was extremely angry with them at this time. He would not accept their sacrifices. He'd accept nothing from them. And so God was deeply offended by what they were doing. And so... God gave the the instructions here. These were the beginning of time here, when when people were were concerned, when people cared. But within time, things got laxed, And, And so we want to make sure in our day and age, what does God want? What is it that God wants from us? Because, you know, he said something pretty simple here in verses 31 and 33 that we need to look at. He says, therefore you shall keep my commandments and perform them. I am the Lord. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord who, who sanctifies you, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord. Right? So you had the people. You had the priests. All together brought to honor his name. Right? All for his name. You know the, the the Jewish people. What's interesting is that they they don't even they don't they refuse to spell out his name because of the holiness and the reverence of his name. And, and so there is there was no spelling for it, and they absolutely refuse to spell it. And, and these are true, right? In the in, in the believer, are are these things true in the believer's heart? Are these things true in the eyes and the heart of the believers today? I think to myself at times, Lord, help me to be just a little more a little more attentive to you, attentive to what it is that you want. I'm not looking at the things of Leviticus and thinking that, OK, well, I've got to do this now. I've got to do that. I'm not looking at the particular rituals. I'm looking at the obedience factor of what it is that God wants. We, we, we want to be pleasing God is what it comes down to. Now, there is a lot of legalism out there. The legalism is, is basically of, of the things that, of what man created, of what they thought should be part of the, of the godly rule, if you will. They would take implements and, uh, and things from the Bible and try, to, and try to put them on us as a form of, this is what you must do. And a lot of things that they do is is even unbiblical. But again, faith, obedience, prayer, time with God—those are things that are precious to Him. And knowing what those things should be is very important. Now again, these were the things. These were the shadows of things done. But the importance here was it was how it was done. It was done with reverence. It was done with care. It was done with, with yes, Lord, we will do what you say. And, and so we want to make sure that at least in, in today in our day and age that we have at least that Levitical standard. It may not be the the, the way of how things were done, but the Levitical standard was, again, based on holiness. We can be holy in today's day and age. You know, we don't want to mistake in legalism with wisdom, right? Because sometimes we look at a lot of people who don't want to do certain things, right? And we want to label them as legalistic. Oh, you're just legalistic because you don't like to do this or you don't like to do that. Well, maybe they, maybe they're a little more wise. Maybe it's not so much legalism with some people. Maybe it's a form of wisdom. But when people start to, put their outlooks and their particular things on other people. Now the legalism comes into play. But you see, when we read God's word, and we see what it is that he's saying, well, we can't claim legalism when it came from God because it was his rule. So again, the the, the thing with the voice in the distance is, is simply to teach the Bible for what it's saying. I never, ever, ever want to make it to what I want it to be or think it should be. I am scared to death. And, and, and nor should you ever listen to anybody who preaches or teaches their own agenda. Just simply read it for what it's saying and the rest will come to you and, and you will be blessed. You'll be astonished. You'll just, you'll be, it, it'll, it'll blow your mind. It'll do all those, all those things for you. And God will blow your mind because when he sees your faith, when he sees your obedience and your care towards him, then you have made a proud father. But if you've fallen and, and, and maybe you've gone astray, you're the prodigal son or daughter, if you will. He still loves you and wants you back. And that's the beauty of Leviticus 2 is because, again, it gave, you, it gave them the way and, and an indication that, hey, look, you can come back. God knows people were going to fall, you know, but He He, he allowed the crutches here, if you will, that, that He that He could put you on, and get you back up, and get you back running. And right now, at this time, as 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 you have read some of these things, you think to yourself, like, "Well, I'm glad I'm not in that era." So am I. But again, God is good. Yesterday, today, and forever, He is perfect and holy in all ways, and He wants you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. <laughs> and so I want to give you the opportunity to say, you know what? I want him too. I believe in him and I want to receive him. I want to receive Christ, his son who died on the cross, as my Lord and Savior. So how do I do that? Well, you believe in him and you, and you can receive him. An invitation. I said before that we, we serve a God of invitation. And He's inviting you to be a part of Him. He is inviting you into the heavenly realm of His creation. But He'll never force you. So I want to give the opportunity right now, if you feel led, by the Holy Spirit to receive Him as Father, as Lord, and Savior. Because he wants you. He died for you. He died for me. And so by that we can receive him now through a simple prayer that you can repeat after me. Dear God, please forgive me. Forgive me of all of my sins as I confess to you that I am a sinner. Wash me, Lord, and cleanse me now of all of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross, Lord, for me. Thank you, Lord, for receiving me now, Lord, as I receive you. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for being my Father. May I walk with you all of my days, and may you receive me when my time comes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Well, again, God is so happy to have you you know the bible the bible says that whenever at least one person whenever one person gives their lives to god that all of heaven rejoices now can you imagine that heaven rejoicing just for you <laughs> you know this heavenly party being being uh, done up there in heaven people singing just over one person over you that's exactly what it is he said it and, and so Rejoice with them if you've said this. You have secured a place in heaven. You have secured your place with the Lord when your time comes. And may you help others also do the same. You too can become a teacher of His Word. And you can also be used mightily. So may God do so with you. May you bless people, may may you be blessed, and may your families be watched over by His holy and loving hands. God bless you.